This episode is brought to you by Fat Guy Party Shirts. Fat Guy Party Shirts believes in being the loudest guy in the room without having to say a word. They design their gear to stand out with patterns that pop. Whether you wear it to the beach, the bar, or at the rock, they have something for you. They are a small operation, just three massive Devils fans from Monmouth County who started the company about two years ago. They sent us some shirts and some swag. They're comfortable, well-made, and they look great. If you want to check them out, the website is fatguypartyshirts.com. Use the promo code LAST, that's L-A-S-T, for 15% off your first purchase. That's fatguypartyshirts.com. Live life loud and let's go Devils. A bit of the reverse, what I'm going to call the reverse Steve Dangle situation. Yeah. Um, so he, I was watching him uh, scream and yell about another Leafs loss, and I do want to talk about the Leafs in a little while. Um, and he was, he says in a lot of his videos that this is good for him anyway because more people watch him when he's upset. You know, he's way more entertaining. <laughs> uh, so he's giving the people what they want. We kind of have the reverse of that because I, I feel like. Well, no, it's true. Our episodes where we yell and scream about stuff do a lot better. And there is absolutely nothing to be upset about right now. Listen, um, if you really want me to, I can I can yell about Lindy Ruff all day long if you really want me to. Yeah, he still makes me mad. I've been watching on YouTube like their collections of interviews. And as soon as he comes on, I'm like, shut up, Lindy. And then I put on another video. Um, but no, let's let's introduce our guest today. So first, we have our second member of the Second Timers Club, uh, Novazinski of, of NJ.com. Ryan Novazinski, your full name. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know your last name, so I won't be able to call you by your last name. But I'm, oh, I'm glad to be a part of the um, Second Timer Club with my buddy Matt. I love Matt. He's a good guy. Um, so yeah, this is, a, this is a great honor. And, and our other guest, now we can't say her her full name because of ongoing investigations and her integration into the witness protection program but she would just like us to refer to her as m the letter m how are you this evening <laughs> i am um i am doing great and that is uh definitely why you gotta call me m i am in the witness protection program so you got that fully right on the money i guess i gotta go change my name now well i hope your your witness protection <laughs> name is not just m <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Um, but no, so, I, I mean, the things we've got to talk about tonight, um, uh, call me crazy, but I feel like the victory over Colorado on Friday was more impressive than um, the game against Columbus, the 7-1 win. And my reasoning for that is simply what killed us last year is lack of goaltending and the worst special teams I've ever seen. And they shut out the defending champs, um, got the goaltending, and the goal was a power play goal. And it was kind of like a a sign, if you will, of like, hopefully last year's problems are gone. And here we go. I don't know who wants well, to talk. I'll, well, I'll, I'll, I'll call you crazy then, because I'll disagree with you. Okay. How many times have we seen the Devils come out and beat a team they shouldn't beat and then go and play a crappy team shortly after that and get blown out and play down to that team 
and absolutely play a, a put up a complete stinker. I to me, the way they played against Columbus and just absolutely dominated them coming off of that game was more impressive to me. Well, let me see which one of the three of you know the one reason why they finally beat up Columbus. Anybody? <laughs> Bjorkstrand, because Bjorkstrand's in Seattle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I yeah. said they traded him and the magic went with him. Now, now they cannot be able to beat us. Yeah, that guy Johnny Gaudreau is a scrub. Um, all right, so let's start with either of our guests. I don't know. You guys got to talk. No, absolutely. So, so I, I was going to step in and and say, you know, sort of how this has processed in my mind. So at first, I was thinking, you know, and I was hearing everybody say it, uh, you know, that Islanders win was one of the most impressive wins that they had seen in years. And and honestly, like at first I was like, holy crap. Like, yeah, that's true. Like, I mean, the way that they skated that night was just off the charts. Then you get to Colorado and then I kind of like, you know, ADHD mindset. I was like, you know, transitioning from that to holy crap. No, this was the most impressive win. Then I, I uh, agree with, um, I believe it was, was Rickus who said it. Um, the, that, that the Columbus win, was probably the most dominant one overall. I'm a, I'm a big, you know, just, just a, just a overall like kind of points guy. You know what I mean? I love, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of points, big fan of scoring. So, you know, a seven, one lopsided win is just, you know, to me, uh, without even looking at, at some of the, uh, advanced analytics, which were off the charts that game. Um, to me, that was just so dominant, uh, for them to do. And, um, you know, it's made for a very, like you guys said, non-chaotic week, I would say, uh, around the devil's zeitgeist, so to speak. Um, yeah, and, and obviously the fun factor, Columbus was way more fun. Um, everybody loves goals, and that was a truly dominant performance with all of your Corsi numbers and, you know, and, and uh, shots and all that stuff. I just think that a win like the win over Colorado is the kind of thing that shows me, at least as a fan, that when a tough team comes in, who's not even playing that poorly, Colorado, Colorado, I thought played a pretty decent game. You know, the devils can hold it down and, and take care of business, which they have not been able to do in a very long time. Well, poor John Marino's going to have to get pants that are, have bigger pockets. Cause he's got Nathan McKinnon in one pocket. He's got, uh, Kale McCarr in the other pocket. Now he's got Johnny Gaudreau in his back pocket. Like, I don't know how many more people he's going to put in his pockets. Thankfully, he doesn't need deeper pockets for another couple of years. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, M, you were saying? Yeah, I was going to say, as far as the Colorado game, uh, Colorado game goes, wow, I'm already talking over myself. We've been in here for like four minutes. Um, I obviously liked that game a lot. I think it was really, really good. However, I did see a lot of stuff on Twitter, um, particularly about the fact that they were miss- missing a uh, Forgive me if I do not say this name wrong. Pronunciations is not my strong suit, but uh, Nishushkin. Nishushkin. Nishushkin, yep. So, and Landis Gog, yeah. Yeah, I saw a um, a lot of people saying that, you know, that was a major factor. I personally don't think that. I think that, you know, just the way that John Marino played, I saw that he was kind of hard matched against McKinnon the entire game. He did an amazing job. I'm probably his number one fan, already brought the jersey. Um, but just for the sake of like being devil's advocate, no pun intended, I did see people say that, you know, if, if he had been there, then it probably would have had a different outcome. Uh, Look, my, my, probably my favorite player of this season so far to watch has been John Marito on this team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way, you know, 
he's such a cerebral player. He's such a, he just, he picks and chooses what kind of opportunities to go chase the puck at and when to be patient, you know, and, and that's, would you really like to see in a in a in a very good defenseman? And um, and then how about his offense lately too? Holy crap! Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, well, you saw been... exactly what you just said last night. Uh, well, yesterday in the game at the end of the second period, he jumped up and took that puck off the blue line. You know, there's twenty something seconds left. He probably figures, you know, my def- my pairing my partner's with me behind me. Let me take this chance, and it turned into a goal. Uh, exactly. You know, yeah, it was a perfect and, and perfect get- play. Chances too, where you know he's going one on one against McKinnon, against uh, guys like I, I think Gaudreau. There were some pretty uh, intense stats there too, where where he yeah, was, he did, uh, this, you know, he did the same with Gaudreau, yeah, yeah, limited them to one uh, uh, scoring chance, I believe. Um, in that one, game. one goal and zero high danger chances. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mentally that like uh, Gaudreau and Marino were just on the ice at the same time the entire game, but yeah, that too. Yeah, and and unfortunately, it leads uh, to us kind of bad mouthing Ty Smith. But just every game, I'm wondering to myself, how the hell did Pittsburgh make this trade? It's not even close to an equal value right now. I mean, Ty Smith is still in in Wilkes Barre, and uh, John Marino is now our best defenseman over Dougie Hamilton. And I, I don't, I don't understand. Was it just cap? I mean, also, Marino was never really a point-scoring defenseman until this season. I mean, I looked at some of his stats earlier today, and I have a terrible memory. I think he scored something like 10 goals over the span of three years, and now he's, you know, scoring with the Devils within a couple games. He has a handful of assists, too. This is fairly new. Like, I don't think he was this type of player in Pittsburgh, but um, then again, I don't really pay much attention to the Penguins, if I'm being honest, but... Um, that's just what I think just from looking at it stat wise. Well, I think part of that is he's getting a bigger role here with mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. He was kind of buried on that third pairing. and wasn't getting as much ice time and wasn't really being asked to do as much as he's being asked to do now. So I think he's really taken his game to another level and don't underestimate the coaching change with how much better all of our defensemen are playing, how much they're jumping into the play. Like Ryan Graves is jumping up into the play. Marino's jumping up into the play. Siegenthaler. I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to talk about Severson's defense because I don't think <laughs> Jesus himself coming down and teaching him defense would make a difference. But at least in the offensive zone, he he still plays well and he's good. At, makes a good stretch pass. But I think other than that, I, I'm not going to give many other compliments. <laughs> I think it's wow. the points too. You look at you look at uh, his intangibles on defense uh, just in the first couple games there before he was scoring the uh, and before he was you know dishing out assists. He was just a lockdown defender too, and that 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 to me, or or not even the lockdown defender, so just somebody that you want in your zone. They're probably their most valuable asset in their D zone. So to have that guy there, and the guys, he's twenty five years old too. <laughs> I mean, come he's on, signed, what, yeah. What was mm-hmm. Pittsburgh thinking? Exactly, and and so the big question we're all going to ask ourselves is this: Is this sustainable? And the stats seem to back it up as being sustainable as long as they keep playing like this. But and and Ryan, I'm going to uh, have you answer this question. Um, the only stat that is still a little crazy, and it has to do with a sensitive area, which is goaltending. I believe last I looked, the Devils are bottom five in the league in goaltender save percentage and top five in the league in goals against as a team. And that is not going to continue. One is going to cancel out the other eventually. And I think that's the biggest question mark still for me. 
Yeah, I think that's that's obvious. Yeah, that's mine too. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll just I'll just be blunt about it. Uh, to me, I was you know weirded out at first this summer whenever um, you know hearing Fitzgerald say that they were content with the goalie situation. But I went back and forth on that. I was like, okay, maybe they mean that McKenzie's a lot better uh, or more healed than a lot of people think he was. Then in the first two games, it was I I literally thought that it was going to be you know everybody hitting the panic button and it and it happened right. Um, Especially when, you know, the team gives up 10 goals in their first two games. Everybody is sounding the alarms there. Then you get some weird strings of performances where, you know, it was a mixed match between the Devils limiting a lot of shots, which they've done a really good job at this year, um, and Blackwood making some clutch saves there. Then you have, you know, uh, Blackwood kind of stinking it up against Washington, I believe it was, and then... You have Vanacek come in and, and uh, you know, uh, as as Lindy Ruff so pointed out the other day, he he pitched a donut, right? The, the, the donut he pitched. Um, and, you know, the, it's been a weird kind of situation there because it's, I feel like you're going to get some of these highs and lows when you're experiencing average goaltending, but this is an average goaltending. This is still, like you guys said, bottom of the league goaltending. And, you know, I think it'll even out as they get a bigger sample size, uh, potentially, but, you know, and the Devils finish enough chances to, uh, uh, you know, eliminate the threat of having that bad goaltending or eliminate the worry of having that bad goaltending, I should say. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, they're not going to keep out shooting their opponents like this, and they're not going to exactly. get 40 and yeah. 50 shots a game. So, yeah, the goaltending is still going to have to improve. But at least yeah, 100%. Uh, go ahead, Ryan. No, I was just going to, I was going to, you know, just, just sort of think out loud here, like, as to, in terms of goaltenders, who would even be on the market, you know? Well, I mean, it depends well, on Bernier. I mean, it's, apparently he's looked good coming back. I'm sure he's going to have to go on a conditioning stint, but maybe he comes in and plays well. Well, and we were going to plug this later, but um, since you brought it up, I mean, you wrote a really good article about the uh, players the Devils could target in a trade, and one of them was Thatcher Demko. Well, um, thank you. Yes. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> that, that's the one That's the one that I, you know, looked at, especially with the sort of disastrous situation that Vancouver was facing in the, in the obviously, the first couple games here. Um, and I, you know, I was thinking, like, like what – if Bo Horvat is going out there and saying that, you know, he feels like this team is never going to win again, then he said that. that? Yeah. No, uh, I didn't he see said that. That. <laughs> so I was thinking, you know, as, as somebody who experiences like the day-to-day, -day, uh, you know, viewings of, or, or at least, you know, see what, what the players are talking about and stuff like that. I mean, I feel like that a comment like that, especially from their captain, right? Yeah. Like that, that can, that can permeate throughout the locker room. Um, so I, mean, I was, was curious to see what happened there. Yeah, it was bad enough. Like, I don't know if you guys remember a couple months ago, um, Nico, who English is not his first language. He made an offhand comment about how Mackenzie Blackwood was, um, I believe the word he used was like a high maintenance type of teammate. And it was kind of the same thing. If Nico said anything close to what Bo Harvat had been saying about how they needed to go in a rebuild direction and this, that, and the third, he would have been crucified up and down Devil's Twitter for seven trillion days. And I, I, th I think we all know that, but uh, I don't know. That was just a comment I felt like throwing out. What? No, Devil's and I did Twitter, hear. Um, Devil's Twitter is very sane. I don't know what you're talking. Yeah, right? about. No, no, no I did. I did hear that comment. I just, yeah, I just want to say that comment was on um, with Elliot Friedman, Jeff Merrick. It was on their summer tour. Um, mm -hmm. 
when they were in Europe interviewing players. And I, I did listen to that. And yeah, it sounded a little awkward because they were they were sort of asking him just as the captain, like who's the most low maintenance, like the easiest player to deal with or and who's the highest maintenance. And, and when he said Blackwood, you know, there's so much that can be inferred from that from, you know, his agent situation, changing his agent after things weren't going well, the vaccination status, the, the injuries. So um, I, it does seem to me that things are are calming down with Blackwood. But you're right. If that was in Vancouver and if that was in especially a place like Toronto, um, which I want to talk about. because I want to talk about it, too. I am itching to talk about Toronto. Yeah, I, I've been uh, since. So, if we're going to talk about players that can be traded for, obviously, this is not going to happen. But I, I just, in the last couple of days, want the Devils to somehow acquire Mitch Marner. Oh my God! Because... I was hoping that you would say that name. Everybody says Nylander. I would love Nylander too. No team would, but I have such a soft spot for Mitch Marner. It is absolutely crazy. I'll let you continue, and then I'll... yeah. Well, look, I, I listened to today, and I listened to a lot of this because you don't get a lot of hockey coverage in this area. I listened to the Thirty Two Thoughts podcast. I listened to the Athletic Hockey Show, and right before this, I was watching Nick Kiprios's show on Sportsnet. And so there was an instant uh, in the game last night against the Ducks where uh, Keith. Sheldon Keefe, the coach, and Mitch Marner had a little bit of a disagreement. Marner was benched for like one shift for a couple of giveaways. And at one point he went into the tunnel and like started throwing some stuff. And so the entire media is about how he can't be doing that and how they're, they don't know how he's going to improve and get along with the coach. And, and my thing is just for three or four years now, they have been trying to run this kid out of town when he is their best player and he leads them in points almost every year. And like, they just blame everything on him. And I just started like tweeting at him and obviously he's not going to see it. I'm like, please come to New Jersey. We are going to appreciate the shit out of you. Yeah. And I was talking about this earlier today too, because I'm sure you guys saw on Twitter. I think, um, you know, a lot of the Leafs fans, they're always a little bit overzealous when it comes to stuff like this. But after their overtime loss yesterday, they were burning Marner jerseys. And I'm just like, you can come to New Jersey. I will buy five more. I mean, he is just I think it's not even just him. It's like Leafs fans in general. Um, I, t- I think I tweeted this out earlier today, but Leafs fans will be like threatening players lives after an early, you know, playoff exit. Whereas like Devils fans would just be ecstatic to even get that far. And after one overtime loss, I get it was to the Ducks, you know, worst team in the league. I would be pissed off too, but I wouldn't be going around burning jerseys. Um, but Mitch is just an extremely underrated player. The fact that he can play both offense and defense makes him extremely valuable to me. I mean, we have Severson, who is like, like you were saying before, he's a defenseman. He could do one of those things. Defense, yeah, yeah. He he friggin' sucks at defense. So you might as well put Mason Gertz. Where what'd you? Hey, say? Hey, hey. <laughs> we don't we don't we don't mention that name on here. He's in Utica, so he's not on the show. Yeah, and it's it's just like um, I actually a, a couple of my friends earlier they thought that the whole Mitch Marner on defense thing this entire time was just a joke, and I was like, no, you don't watch enough Leafs hockey. Like he's like, I mean, yeah, it's only during special teams and stuff for now, but he is so versatile. He play, he's like just a defensive forward, and oh my god, I would die to have him on this team. 
you know? Well, that begs the question, Ryan, what does it cost to get Mitch Marner? Go. Yeah, tell me. <laughs> uh, that, that, you, as you guys were saying this, I, I wanted to mention this earlier. I am currently, like, I hated math in, uh, in, in every level of school. Crunching the numbers in my head and just his freaking tap it alone is, is just ogling my mind. Um, I don't know. Um, I think you know it's 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 gonna cost quite a bit. Um, especially you know with the devils at the at the cap ceiling. I, I don't know quite. Um, I honestly like, and I and I don't mean to cop out when I when I answer this. I don't know off the top of my head. No, it's that's that's a good answer. It's I don't he's I a, don't think. I don't think it's feasible in season. Maybe if they click next season, it might, you know, in the off season, it might be feasible, but I don't think they can make the cap work. Maybe in season no. to get focus on um, some more important players during the actual season, like Jesper Bratt, getting him signed to an extension, maybe at the deadline. I know a lot of people are targeting uh, Mayer, Timo Mayer, which I am too, but you know, Mitch Marner, in my opinion, would be even better. I don't think it's feasible, but I am a proud delusional Devils fan, and I will I will believe anything if it makes me happy. So I can. Uh, well, we're, we'll steer this we'll steer this back to the to the Devils, but um, <laughs> it's the kind of thing Leafs fans are going to have to deal with this because um, Marner, Matthews, and Nylander's contracts are up in the next two three years, and I, I mean you're going to get a lot of money, but why why would you want to stay there and mm-hmm. just? be under that microscope every day. Now, um, Ricky, I'm going to throw this over to you then because she said the magic words, Timo Meyer, and that's something that Ryan had in his article and you wanted to talk about. Yeah, so I've been beating this drum for like three years to get Timo Meyer here. Um, But, you know, I think it's it's an easier trade to make work in terms of numbers because he's making six million. I mean, Tatar's making four and a half, so you're going to have to include him in that deal. Uh, Janssen can go down to Utica... You'll you'll probably have to make another small move, and then you're gonna have to probably give up like Holtz a first and maybe even Riley Walsh. Do you think that's enough, Ryan? Yeah. So so the way I looked at um about about the Meyer trade is you know like you said you're gonna have to give up Tatar. You're gonna have to uh, sweeten it up cap wise to to make it work. But I think like you said there, there there's players on on the Devils roster that. I feel like if you move to Tar and you move around some of these other bigger contracts that aren't getting you that much value, I think a lot of fans would actually not mind it. Um, <laughs> oh, no truth. way. Um, <laughs> Absolutely not. And th- but then you add, you always have to add, you know, the value of, of Alexander Holtz and what, you know, his long-term future is with this team. But quite frankly, like the way he's been using this year, he's sitting in limbo, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I am, the reason I was questioning uh, Lindy about this, you know, like, like up until the, you know, first many, several games of the season. And then at, at a bunch of the practices is because, uh, and the reason why I will continue to question it is because where, what is the plan right now? I mean, <laughs> sincerely, what is the plan with him? Like, there is like, there isn't one. It's the same thing they do with all these young players. I, I, with, with Holtz, I feel like it, it, it particularly would hurt a lot of people because you look at the 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 shot that this guy could develop into, uh, and and you know the value that he could develop into. But you know, I say I, I'm all I'm all for if you're going to have a guy on the roster, if you're going to have him fill up a roster spot, you should at least have a purpose, right? So why don't you take him? And and if if you don't think that he's going to develop into the way that that you thought he was going to develop when you picked him uh, number seven overall. Send him to San Jose. Send him with uh, probably, yeah, I would say, you know, a pick or two. Um, 
definitely it's going to probably take a, a, a first or a protected first or something like that, maybe a second. Um, and then a couple of those other contracts and, and you'll get uh, Timo Meyer. But to me right now, I think the Devils should strike while the iron's hot. And I'm not saying that they should make a move, you know, next week. I'm saying that they should make a move. If, the, if this run continues, if they continue doing well, um, and let's say it's early December, you got to go make a move. You got to go get a player like that. You got to go get that finisher, that goal scorer that can get you on top. And, and quite honestly, guys, Timo Meyer's stats really suck right now. Yeah, it's terrible. I don't think we scored yet. Something about that. Yeah. Yeah. But go take a risk. You know what I mean? I I think, you know, it would benefit him. uh, And and I think if he was in this kind of system, this kind of offense, um, you know, that's so fast paced, I think it would I think it would benefit him. Well, for the first time in a couple of years. Sorry, Ricky. um, I'm a little worried about cap space because um, the thing that people keep forgetting about Timo Meyer is that his qualifying number for his next contract is, I think, nine or nine and a half million. And, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's upward to 10, actually. Yeah. And Jesper Brad is about to be making that much money as well. So um, adding him and paying him and then paying Brad is probably going to take up near 20 million in cap space. So I play a lot of NHL, okay? Um, every time yeah, you I turn the cap for, off, probably right. <laughs> oh no, no, no! <laughs> every time I trade for Meyer, uh, which I do every time, um, <laughs> I always have to trade like Palat next year, like the. <laughs> okay. so, just to give you an example, and I and I never can like resign like Hala and 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 any of those other guys. And Hala actually progresses really well. Just complete quick side note: um, he gets, like they're, they're worth one franchise. He went to like eighty-seven overall. Oh, it was pretty. Oh, wow. Anyways, um. Yeah, no, just just to really you know paint a picture. Obviously, in a stupid example, but yeah, the the the, the cap hit the uh, it's gonna be enormous. So, I think they gotta really figure out a lot of things, um, and maybe go uh, snag some uh, lower value guys if if they you know can't get a guy like Meyer. But man, if 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 Fitzgerald can work it out, if he can find something to 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 help it work, even if he wants to strike while the iron's hot, and uh, you know. Get get him in in a sort of shorter term term deal. I don't know what would happen, but uh, man, no, you you want to go get a player like that or try to get the the second best thing, right? And and not to I don't never ever want to see a player get injured, but I think Palat, depending on how long he's out, I think it it adds a little bit of urgency to maybe make that move. Maybe if you weren't going to do it so soon, but if he's out for let's say till January, I mean, it doesn't sound great. I don't know what the injury is, but it doesn't sound great right now. Um, you got to think if he's staying home on the road trip and he's going to be reevaluated, it's going to be probably another couple weeks after that that he's going to come back. So we're looking mid December. Um, you know, that, not to say it clears up cap space, but it makes the move a little easier to make on paper um, with him on injured reserve. And then, you know, you kind of go from there. But, you know, Myers is this kind of player that the Devils were really looking for with a little bit of, for lack of a better term, jam up front. You know, a guy that can be a pest, that can play that game. And you have that built-in chemistry with Nico that, you know, you can't teach. I mean, they've played together how, so often, and every time they play together in international competition, they light it up. That's it's crazy. I got into to watching him play, too, was just because I watched him play with Nico. I'm a big Nico fan and it's just insane I mean you can put I mean obviously this is limited to to Switzerland but when you think about it I mean they got Nico they got Siegenthaler so 
um, you know, it's kind of a little bit relevant, the fact that Mayer, or you guys have been saying Meyer, so I guess I've been saying it wrong this whole time. He already has chemistry with both of them, and they were both one of the top scorers of the of the world's tournament. So I would love to get him, but I I think that Brat needs to be focused on first, kind of like what you were saying, and other players like that too got to lock them up. But the cap is going up. I think that a lot of players know that, and I think that players will start asking for more money as well, especially since this kind of trend that we've been seeing. It's like this offseason especially, it's kind of like players are like basically picking and choosing where they want to go. I mean, you see Goudreau, he just kind of chose to go to Ohio for absolute Great choice. Yeah, Great and choice. so it's kind of like, you know, players know that the cap is going up. They're going to start asking for their worth. Like, you got to... You gotta get it before that happens. I want to share with you guys a quick. Uh, this is a quick anecdote going back to um, going back to you know uh, Meyer's potential connection with Nico and and just sure. Nico, like that that Swiss team in general. This is a story that happened yesterday after the game. Okay, Jonas Siegenthaler scores power play goal. Very rare, very rare, right? Um, so in the locker room. Siegenthaler doesn't really get interviewed that much. And, you know, it, he's, he's just a quiet guy. Um, I've talked to him a bunch of times. He's a, he's a really nice guy, but just quiet guy. Uh, you could tell, like, Nico was just so proud of this guy. Like, like, you, like when he was going to go do an interview, um, which, like I said, is very rare, uh, Nico was like, Jonas, baby, Jonas. So it was just, just, just he. You could tell he loves his fellow countrymen. You could tell that you know once he had, when he has chemistry with the guy, it's it permeates throughout. Uh, my, not to keep using that word, but it's just there. There's a good vibe around this uh, this locker room right now. I think you know, um, <clears throat> adding more you know countrymen for them would be would be a fine thing. Well, I have a question, a little bit off topic, but uh, M mentioned Brad, so I'm going to ask this question for Ryan. So I saw it yesterday on Twitter, kind of came across, I'm not entirely sure how, but uh, Julie Robenheimer said that the Devils offer, did in fact offer Brad an eight-year contract extension multiple times. He didn't even negotiate. He flat out said no. And the reasoning was that he wanted more money than certain teammates and wasn't willing at that point. The Devils weren't willing to offer that at that point. So... My question to you is, is it possible that he was taking a kind of, sure, betting on himself, but it almost seems to me like he was kind of taking a wait-and-see attitude also how this team was going to be this year. Because if they were, you know, bottom feeders again and playing terrible hockey, I mean, he's going to get money on the open market. Maybe he didn't want to sign long-term until he saw the team actually turn things around. Is that a possibility, or is it more likely that it was just kind of a money thing? You know, I, I think I think it's a little bit uh, – I'm leaning more towards the money side, although I don't want to speculate even though you know I'm going to because I don't know the answer for sure. I would say that Brat, you know, this summer and all throughout this process, he has said multiple times that, that he remains committed long-term to the team. Now, we obviously don't know. We can't see the future. We don't know if that's BS or not. But, you know, that's something that he really has, like, copy and paste said, like, bro a broken record all the time, right? Um, so, but, but, you know, obviously, like, the, the he, when he mentions it, always what he says is that he wants to win a Stanley Cup with this team. So, you know, he's, he he's obviously has those winning aspirations as any player does. Um, 
will he and you know this year happening too this is even better for his case of you know getting a a, a very high contract from this uh from this team or testing himself on on you know whenever he becomes a free agent and just trying to milk it for as much as he can right um I don't know to, to, honestly I'm I'm just rambling right now but I don't really know the answer to that question because I just don't know um and you know I have to I have to do some more digging into that but um I say right now like the vibe around Brat is that he does like this team a lot he has you know good te- chemistry with his teammates and um obviously he's having a, a hell of a year so I would lean more towards bet on himself and I think that bet really paid off yeah, it looks like it is so far. And, and I just think this this entire thing just comes down to, I'm sure his agent is telling him, um, you know, to look at the landscape that's that's coming up in the next couple of years. The cap is going to go up, I think, $4 million, and it's going to consistently go up every year. And because I, I believe the players are pr- pretty close to paying off the, the escrow um, that was given to them by the league for the shortfall uh, during COVID. Um, and everybody's going to be getting more money from the coaches down to the players. And, you know, I'm sure that that conversation happened between the, the agent and the player where they said, you know, Jesper, if you think you can put another 10 points on the board and you can be even better than this, the team's going to have more money to give you starting just next year. Um, so, yeah, it's a huge bet on himself. And it is, you know, we had this conversation in the summer. He's either going to it's either going to work or he's going to get hurt or he's going to only have like a mediocre year of 50 points. And it looks like it's paying, paying off like big time, which I, I'm not going to complain about. That's, well, that's why I even asked Fitzgerald at training camp too. I, I asked him, you know, did you want to see another year of that, that consistency from Brat? Because it was a breakout year. Right. Um, but no, he remained committed. And you know, you never know if that's just conference, like, like mumbo jumbo, whatever. Um, but no, he he remained uh, you know headstrong that that he trusted Brat and you know so that kind of that kind of leads into you know the original point that you brought up about you know did did Brat turn all this stuff down? I'm 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 assuming that he did, and and you know that that does sound like a likely theory. I, I just I don't know for sure. I'd have to do some more digging into it, but um, yeah, it sounds like a good theory, and I wonder how much you know this team's success does matter to him and I'm and I'm sure obviously the answer is yes but you know in in a terms of a short term you know jolt this devils team from uh winning 27 games to winning you know 20 more than that or and so on and so forth you know what I mean well and yeah. and the last oh god no I'm just saying yes oh okay <laughs> um no the other the only other question that that was sort of financially uh relevant was you know we mentioned bernier earlier and cap space issues you now almost have a third healthy NHL goalie, and that's going to have to be dealt with. Um, once the Devils lose the ability to keep Bernier on LTIR, um, that puts them over the cap. And I'm really curious as to how they're going to handle that. I don't know if you've heard anything about the team preparing for that scenario. Yeah, I have not as of yet, um, but that is definitely something that that I I, I stand firm in the belief that. I think they were almost a little bit surprised at how uh, healthy was uh, uh, Bernier was at the beginning of the of, of oh training camp. Yep. Uh, be- because, you know, and, and that's it surprised me because I was told weeks before that um, by source within the team that they, you know, they 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 were adamant like, oh, no, he definitely won't be ready. And then everybody saw him out there. I was actually getting called out a little bit. They were like, 
you said he was not there. And I was like, I, I really think the team didn't think he'd be out there, you know? And obviously he wasn't ready for the beginning of the season, but you know, the way he's progressing is, is pretty phenomenal. I mean, he's going on these long road trips with them now. Um, and that's, that's pretty, it, it's, it's good. Um, I forget who mentioned it earlier. I think it was you, Rickus, um, who said, you know, it's always good to have a, another body in there. Cause maybe, maybe Bernie can, can come back and, and be a solid goaltender. Um, but it's also bad because of the cap situation. So I wonder what will end up happening with that. I don't know what their plan is right now. Um, and I'm sorry, I keep giving you guys, I don't know. I just don't want to speculate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah, as of right now, I mean, y- you got to expect that a trade's coming as a result of that. You know what I mean? And and not just that, but just the expected trades that likely would happen anyway, right? Like maybe they'll just try to try to send Severson off for, for some draft picks or whatever. Um, and, you know, just, just free some space that way. Yeah, uh, the Severson situation is pretty interesting because um, from all I've heard, he I think he wanted to stay here. And the Marino acquisition kind of put that into question just because that third spot's waiting for Nemes whenever he's ready. But now with how good Marino is, and obviously Dougie's up there, um, if you sign Severson to any kind of deal for a couple of years, you're taking away Nemitz's job or his spot. To, to compete for um, and they didn't draft him second overall to not have him. So I'm, I'm really interested in what's going to happen with him too. I really don't see Severson being here after next year or after the end of this year. That's not just because I don't like him. I, just, you know, I'm, you guys all follow me on Twitter. You know, I am his number one hater for a variety of reasons, but like you said, he just, <laughs> he just doesn't make sense to be on this team. There are other areas that we need improvement in. And like you said, just kind of taken away from Nemitz's spot. I know they sent him down for to the AHL for a year, um, at least. But I really think he'll be ready for the NHL in like one or two years. When I saw him during preseason, I thought he looked better than, uh, than Slavkovsky. So that's just me. But I really don't see... Severson not being included in some sort of deal, even Severson and Graves, I feel like we could be fine without them and, you know, use that to kind of leverage for a, you know, goal scoring winger in my I'm glad you brought up Graves because he's the the other guy that I think is not coming back and mm-hmm. they're gonna be replaced by players on entry level contracts like Luke Hughes, Kevin Ball and yeah. and Simo Nemitz. And I mean there's almost six six to seven million uh, in cap space to play with just by having those younger players replace uh, Graves and Severson. And no shade to Graves. I, he's he's a good player. I know he scored a goal yesterday, which is, you know, not that insane, but it's also not very common for a defenseman. And he's good in everything, but I feel like if we really want to get some leverage to get the kind of players that we want, he kind of has to go. Um, there's just not room for him. <laughs> Yeah, if the cap thing becomes an issue, uh, especially with LTIR and 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 uh, Bernier coming off that, then I think Severson is the obvious first move. I think that will be the first trade that you see this year. Quite honestly, with you, um, and he's been very ca- candid about that to me. I, I've done stories on him where, you know, he's very candid about you know he knows kind of what's going on, um, in terms of what's happening, you know, with the conversation with him with about about him off the ice and everything like that, um, so. With that said, though, with Graves getting a little bit better, I want to play a little devil's advocate, pun intended, a little bit. Yeah. Um, I I, I want to say that let, let's say the devils are 
let's say that the, that Graves keeps progressing uh, as he has in the past couple of games. And, um, you know, he's just a solid defenseman that you can have as a, as a, you know, obviously in your, your, uh, in your lineup there. Um, and they get to, you know, the trade deadline and they're, they're hunting for that wild card spot. Do they keep Graves? Do they keep him to add, to keep some more talent if there's no more guys on the, on the open market there? Or do you really like, are you trying to package him so that you can get another uh, goal scoring forward? That's the other thing. I mean, if you're in the hunt, uh, do you want to really uh, trade two of your starting top six defensemen? Because yeah, um, you're not going to be getting. Uh, I mean, those guys aren't going to San Jose, so you're not getting Timo Meyer for them. Uh, Severson is going to be a guy that's that's very coveted by a team like Toronto, who has a huge problem on defense right now. So you're not going to get. Uh, an NHL player that's going to contribute on this team from them. And same thing from any contender that one of these defensemen might go to. I think it'll be interesting to see if the devils start to give a few more games to guys like Kevin ball, if they bring up a Riley Walsh and give him a run for a little bit, maybe in and out of the lineup just to kind of, kind of see what they have kind of test the waters. Cause I don't think they're going to bring up, Nemitz right away, but I think Walsh might be an option to take over one of those right, the third pairing right wing, uh, right defenseman spot. Um, you know, in case they're trading Severson or Graves, I think Walsh is a very similar player style wise to Severson. Hopefully, he can defend a little better, <laughs> and uh, Ball and Ball and and Graves play a very similar game also. Yeah, Ball has um, really impressed me. I mean, I was a fan of his when he, you know, obviously paid for, uh, played for Utica. And he's been kind of invisible the last couple of games. But during preseason and the first couple of games, I thought he looked really well. So I'm just kind of uh, ready to see, like, what he does. It's kind of up in the air for me. I feel like it's almost 50-50. I'm curious to see what you guys feel about him and, like, what he's going to, you know, bring by the end of the season. Oh, I mean, I, I liked him and I um, liked you said past I, tense. <laughs> so. Well, no, I, I well, he's not playing currently. <laughs> and I liked him when he was when he was playing. And I actually think that the fact that they went 11 and seven for a couple games, which just really frustrated us, um, it actually presented that problem to coach Lindy Ruff because Smith was playing pretty well and Ball was playing pretty well. But one of them can't play. So. Something's got to happen there, too, because Kevin Ball cannot be sitting in the press box for the rest of the year, and um, Holtz can't either. So it, it is crazy that we have these conversations because, and I've said this a million times, this is the deepest the devil system has been, maybe ever, but in at least like 20 years. Um, great problems to have. Yeah, I mean, Andrew had a conversation today about, about Holtz, and he just can't crack the lineup, and it's not... Where do you put him though? Like, yes, I want him to play, but where, who's coming out of the lineup? You know, I'm not taking Zetterlin out of the lineup. The guy comes into the lineup and all he does is put shots on net, plays a physical game. He's he has energy on the ice. When Holtz plays, he doesn't play like that. So we, well, have, that's what we, we have a lot. Well, the of answer very... is simple. You, oh. you put him in in San Jose, but um. <laughs> no, <I'm> just... <laughs> You're not um, wrong. I'm just saying, like, we were all excited for him. In terms of and this then... lineup, though, I mean, we have a ton of uh, versatile players. So Holtz is a winger. So, like you said, there's not really any, like, really neat, like, winging slot to fit him into, given on the lineup. But 
also, you know, Sharon Govich can play center, Bastion can play center, and that's another person I really want to talk about, by the way. He has been playing really well. I actually even looked up some of his stats, too, but there is more than enough ways where the lineup could be shuffled around, especially given that that is Lindy Ruff's favorite thing to do to make sure that Holtz gets enough playing time. It shouldn't require sending out... You know, Zetterland, I, they don't play the same game. Like you said, they aren't really, you know, interchangeable with one another. But we have a lot of players that can play multiple positions. I mean, technically, Sharon Govich is a center, um, according to the NHL and ESPN and all of that. And when's the last time he's played that not in a preseason game? It's not impossible. Um, but if I want to just, like, kind of touch on that real quick, I mean, if we get rid of McLeod, it would be so much easier to kind of switch everything around and make it fit for Holtz. But I know it's not – probably not going to happen. I'll say this. Every time every time I've seen Yegor play center, he's played absolutely atrocious. Really? Yeah. Yeah, every and that's time. why he's on wing. But he gets put at center when he's with Jack because Jack – the only hole in Jack Hughes's game right now is that he's not good in the faceoff circle. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So Halla being on his wing is is sort of a solution for that. If you ever watch, like they'll switch right yeah. after a faceoff. And when Igor was with um, Jack, they had Igor taking faceoffs too. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Ricky and I went from last year being like, uh, "Rough is gonna kill Holtz's career. He's not getting the right shot. He's not getting." an equal opportunity to make the team we've gone to this year to just say like, I don't think Holtz did enough to, to earn a spot and sort of Zetterland beat him out. And Zetterland is fitting what we need from that lineup spot right now. And I just, I don't know. Let me, something let me, me and you Andrew me. have talked, Ryan, I have a question for you not to cut you off, but I'm going to ask sure. you a question because me and Andrew have been kind of talking about this since game one, all preseason Ralph made sure that he had Holtz on Hughes's right uh, on the right wing of Hughes every preseason game, every single shift. Game one rolls around, all of a sudden, he takes him off the line. I I don't understand how you go through a whole preseason playing like that, and then you're like, oh, Mercer has great chemistry with Jack, and we're gonna put Holtz on the third line with Halla, who they haven't played together at all. I don't understand that, and I th- I feel like that was kind of the beginning of the end there. And and he has the shortest leash of any player I've ever seen in my life. So here's here's a couple things that I'll throw at you. Okay, so follow me for a second here because I had to do some some sleuth myself. Okay, <laughs> first and foremost, the remember you guys remember the uh, the the infamous Jesper Brad uh, ice question? Yes. <laughs> yeah, the ice time question. So, yeah. So before that, there I asked Lindy. Um, I asked him. You know, like. Does he think that the that that there are players that are a little bit, you know, almost discombobulated out there because they were, you know, uh, paired with other pe- other players? And I was re- obviously referencing um, Holtz and Jack, um, but do you think they were like discombobulated or disjointed a little bit because they were not on the same lines they were in all all preseason, right? Like obviously referencing the Palat, uh, Hughes, and and Holtz line, um, and he. I think he- a little bit more mad at that one than he even did the Jesper Bratt good question. Like he said, no, not at all, not at all. Um, and you know that's not it's not a knock on, uh, on you know like like I, I maybe he was trying to he, his answer ended up being like he sh- it was because you know Nico and and they had to flip things around. But I don't think that's a really good answer. Um, so then he says last game I I asked about the the system and how you know the, how he thinks players are does he think player uh, sorry. 
does he think that the players are getting more comfortable with it when they were saying, you know, 15 days ago that they were confused as hell with it? He said, 90% are, there's about 10% who are not. I wonder who that 10% is. Uh, that's obviously speculation. I know I know who it but, is. I think it's yeah, Holtz and exactly. I think it's Sharon Govich. That? I think it's Holtz and I think it's Igor Sharon Govich, who also yeah. suffered from uh, getting the rug pulled out from under him from the preseason to the regular season with the line combinations. No, exactly. And I and I for for the reason I hesitated there is because I thought you just said Sharon Govich. I was like, oh, that's him. <laughs> no, but but yep. I think I think you're exactly right. Um and I think that's, you know, sort of what you're seeing. But you're right about the leash thing, too. I wonder why why is why is Alexander Holtz in the press box with me every game? I mean, send him down to Utica if you want, but I don't even think I don't even know about that. Now, all this to say this, he is still 20. Do you guys are are, are you ready to ship him off if the Devils are good this year for for a guy like Meyer, a guy like, you know, like like any other 100 percent, 100 percent. Uh, I, yes, but it depends on the, you know, Meyer's got to sign a contract. I'm not ready to trade him away for like a deadline guy. That Well, the, let's you know, the, let's not talk contract for a second and just talk about giving up on a 20-year-old who hasn't had the chance to show his potential yeah, or an established, yeah, for an established NHL goal scorer that would fit our top six, play the hard game, which we need, and is friends with our, our captain. I, I honestly, I would do that. Nine times out of ten, I'm I'm not going to trade Holtz for JT Miller. Um, but trade him for, TJ for Mayer. It's it's just I I like Holtz, and it's either we're going to use him and he's going to fit that slot, or we got to trade him because taking up a roster spot when we have so much depth right now is just crazy. Mm-hmm. The thing that bugs me on, about about Holtz on, is like they, they don't use him. Yeah, uh, Eckland. It's kind of like last year, like he just took up a spot for no reason. But like they never put Holtz in, in the position he needs to be in to be successful. That's what I don't understand. Like, why is he not on the off wing on the power play? Like he was there once or twice and he scored. In the first game he scored. And then they don't put him in the power play. Same thing with Sharon Govich. Why is he not on why is Thomas Tatar on the power play? Why is Sharon Govich, who has one of the best shots I've ever seen, not on the power play? It doesn't make any sense. That's something you can do to get these guys going. Well, put Ryan's these guys at, in offensive positions. Ryan's at practice. Have they tried any of these things? Well, here's the thing. No, <laughs> like and, and the, the the awful thing too is that you know you get Tatar out there who is just clanking every single time. Like his puck luck is just awful, and and you know it's just it's I don't understand the power play experiment here, and, and you know to get leave your two. You know, everyone wants a finisher on this power play unit, right? You got two two finishers on there. You got a guy that you drafted seventh overall to be a finisher, to be a goal scorer. Um, and then you got Sharon Govich, who was developed into a phenomenal goal scorer. So g- you get that. Why, why not put him out there? You know, I don't understand. If you're going to experiment with all these different line combinations, everything like that, why not experiment with that? Well, that's what we've seen with Lindy Ruff. It, it just seems over and over again, like certain players get into his doghouse and you don't exactly know why. And then you don't exactly know what they have to do to get out of it. I don't know, guys. I really don't know what, you know, it's, it's one of those things that every single game, it's actually, it's kind of exhausting. Like every time, like you get, you get a new different, uh, you know, weird pairing uh, out there in the, in the lineups. Uh, or the games announced and and you know it's just 
every game you're having to shift like, oh, why are they doing this? Or why is, you know, and, and just never seeing Holtz out there, like having Holtz be up in the press box with a suit with me. So weird, you know, because he's just sitting there like I guarantee you there's a whole bunch of other teams in this league. I would actually venture to say there's 31 teams in this league that would pounce on having a prospect like that on their team, um, at least in their system somewhere, you know, and not just oh, sitting hope. there in, in a press box. We hope San Jose wants him. Um, <laughs> now, just so we don't go all night here, I want to shift a little bit. Now, uh, on Twitter, I asked for some questions, and you know, I was hoping for some <laughs> some thoughtful hockey questions, but since our fans are a bunch of goofballs, um, <laughs> the, fir- the first question we have here is from a friend of the show, Veet, who for some reason wants to know what everybody's favorite uh, burger topping is and your, and your choice of cheese. So obvious cheese choice is always going to be pepper jack. Anyone that chooses anything else, they either have the palate of a five-year-old can't handle a little bit of spice in their cheese or um, I don't know. They just uh, don't know. No good cheese, I guess. What about you guys? Anyway, American cheese. <laughs> Look ahead. <I> no. <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm going with uh, and and because the question was about toppings too, I'm going with the cheddar with some bacon and a little barbecue sauce. I don't even want to get into these food discussions too much because if I if I, if, if I the, the way, she's just gonna insult everybody. <laughs> I I feel like it, at this point it kind of almost seems like I purposely have bad opinions, but no, I genuinely have these opinions about food, and I do not like bacon. So that's like another thing that um that would be well negative look, for uh, me. I would just take it off. All of your opinions aren't crazy. Before we started rolling, we discussed a, a restaurant in the town that you live in that we both like very much, and we can't say that on air because the FBI will be at our door in like three seconds. So, Ryan, what about you and your burger toppings? Yeah, so I I, I, I saw that question earlier. I do field these questions before. I look at a lot of stuff on, uh, on, on, the, on the Twitter app. Um, now... I am I, I like the bacon train of thought, but I don't I don't really like bacon on burgers. I like pork roll. You guys ever have pork roll on burgers? Yes. Yeah, actually. Freaking yeah. delicious. I don't know. Okay. I don't know what that is. Uh, okay, you ever <laughs> <laughs> That must be something in that mythical central jersey. <laughs> um and you know, to 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 M, I know you just you know called me a a five year old and said oh, I have a five year old talent. Oh my god, I didn't know it was absolutely directed at you. <laughs> oh, you directed that at everyone. My I'm friend. a yeah. I'm like a when I eat dirty, like I used to, I like to diet a lot, but like when I eat dirty, I I do like some freaking American cheese, man. Yep. <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with that. Um, Let's see, the next question we have here, it's a little bit of a broad, weird question from Garrett about how many ice cubes in your iced coffee. Um, but I'm just going to go with, are we all coffee drinkers, and what is your coffee? I'll, and tell, I'm you, just I'll gonna... tell you why this question came in, because someone here doesn't like iced coffee. They only drink hot coffee. Ooh, it, it can't be about me, so it must be about No, definitely not you. No, definitely not you. Um, yeah. I'm the other way around because hot coffee puts me in the bathroom more times than I want to be in the bathroom. So <laughs> no. I'm a cold brew with, with cold foam, sugar-free everything. Uh, all on. Yeah, cold iced coffee year-round for me. I, um, I have a very odd way of making coffee, and I don't know if you guys are going to like it. Now you got it. So, French press guy? Oh, boy. Oh, so 
I'll go to Wawa, right? And I'll uh, I'll get the, you know, the nice, the nice 100% Colombian blend. Okay. I'll fill it halfway with that. Then I'll go to the iced coffee thing. I like, I kind of like my coffee a little lukewarm because I like drive a lot. Um, so yeah, I, I drink lukewarm coffee and I'm so sorry about that. Honestly, you, are you the kind of person that goes to the, are you the kind of person that goes to the drink machine at Taco Bell and just puts a little bit of each in it? I've, I've been known to do that. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, yeah, I respect it. The reasoning is there. It's because you drive a lot. You know, you got a routine down. I don't think that's that crazy. I get it. You don't want a piping hot coffee in yeah. the car bouncing around that you can't drink yet. So I, I get it. Um, now, Jock Jams wants to specifically know uh, what's going on with your car, Ryan. Oh, that's actually that's a good transition. Yeah. So my car, it was messed up last week. So. I have a new car too. Like I bought it, you know, a, a bunch of months ago now. Um, but I just had not, I had not <laughs> like, like I have a, I have a, 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 a Honda, what is it? A HRV. And for some reason it just really sucks at giving you like notifications whenever there's like, I don't even think the check engine light like would come on or anything like that. Um, um, but I was so low on oil that I had just been, driving with zero percent oil life for so long and i'm driving to like you know oh center all the time uh, yeah but one day it really just didn't, really good for the engine yeah no it's great it's great it just didn't turn on um but yes it's all good now <laughs> the guy who uh who, who was who was fixing it up too he was a, he was a devil's fan in um in in the great region of central jersey oh okay well, hopefully we get a little bit of a discount then no, <laughs> no. Um, let's see. Matt Cass would like to know. Now, this is a crazy question to ask because Jack Hughes has eight points in nine games, but I kind of get it. He's not Jack Hughes of last year. At what point do you get a little concerned about his play? I mean, I have been. A f I feel like I shouldn't be the first one to answer this question. Why don't you go first? Because I don't want. Well. I'm a little concerned about his play, but I think the answer is because of the situation that we were just talking about with the lines being jumbled. He's not with Igor. He's not with, with Holtz. He's getting new line mates all the time, and I don't think he's had time to get chemistry with with, uh, with his line mates yet. And I am, like, number one believer. I, I've, I've tweeted this before, too. Like, I think it's important that a player be versatile, be able to play with other people in the lineup. You know, someone shouldn't be. It's kind of like everyone was saying, oh, Alex Holtz needs to play on the line with Jack Hughes, blah, 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 blah. He should be able to play with anybody. Um, but I get about the whole chemistry thing. I've just been... Since the beginning, obviously, Jack is a superstar player, but as Nico's number one fan, I feel like I can't fairly answer this question. So, um. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say this and then I'll throw it to, to Ricky and Ryan. Um, now you should be able to play with anybody, and, and that goes for most of the team, but I'm going to liken Jack to uh, pretty lofty expectations here. He's not Connor McDavid, he's probably not going to be Connor McDavid, but. He's the kind of guy like Connor McDavid that needs line mates that are just going to adapt to how he plays and just know where to be at, at given times, know what Jack's going to do with the puck, because a lot of times Jack's trying to do too much on his own. Um, so he, I think he needs line mates to kind of just follow him around as opposed to like a Nico or just building a line as a unit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I personally... I think the the line the Tatar Heisher Fabian Zetter, Zetterlin line played well. I would like to actually see Zetterlin with Hughes. 
I just think he plays a little bit more of the physical game that can maybe make some more make some holes in the ice for for Hughes that maybe obviously Jesper Bratt has great chemistry with Hughes so I don't know if you move him to the left wing I'm not sure how you make it work I just think Zetterlin would be a better fit on that wing for him I mean you think about the spark plug that would add for Jack Hughes too I mean the, with yeah. the way that Zetterlin's playing lately uh and the physicality in his game and you know I think his adaptability too Zetterlin's is a good adapter I mean he's proven that so far this season and, and, you know, with some of the weird situations he's had to deal with and, you know, being shuffled around, not being in the lineup one night and, you know, coming back in and, and, uh, and, and really thriving, I think so far, um, I think that'd be a good move for him. I like, I like that suggestion, but I think when Jaeger was at his best, he was with Jack Hughes. And I think, you know, to, to uh, not have that happen uh, is, is kind of a mistake there. So I'd like to see it shuffled around. I don't think, you know, with Jack, I think there's been a bunch of mistakes that he's made. I think there, you know, he's had, I mean, he's, he's lost the puck so many times too, but I don't think it's really a concern right now. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think it's one of those things where like if he had, he had three less points, I think it would be a concern, but um, like you said, it's, it's eight points, nine games. Yeah. We'll it's see. Almost like he's trying to do too much. Like he's, Oh, for sure. He's not letting the game come to him. He's trying to force a lot right now. And I think he'll, he'll ease off that a bit. We'll see what we get tomorrow night after, uh, Lindy puts, you know, puts all the, uh, the bingo ball cage rolls and, and he comes <laughs> up with his lines after that. I think it's just, you know, he did miss the, uh, last bit of a season last year. And before that he came off of, I give, I don't know the numbers. I think it was like, 35 points in 32 games or something like that um a lot of them were goals i know this year he's recording a lot of assists i think he is trying to do too much because he feels like he has to like be that guy when in reality he just has to relax a little and make sure that he keeps the he keeps the puck long enough to be able to uh to score it he's gonna be great he just hasn't you know he's not in mid-season form yet and other players have kind of come out swinging the best we've ever seen them. Cough, cough, Nico. Um, but you know, I'm sure in a couple more games, I'll be I'll be a bigger fan of his. Not that I'm not a fan. I am a fan of him. I am. I I love Jack. Yeah, I, have... I know what you mean. Uh, and and since we've mentioned Zetterlin a couple times, Ryan Morrow, Jorg fan, if I said that correctly, wants to know <laughs> what is Zetterlin pulling in the bench uh, press game. So. I, 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 I admire everybody's patience on that. I really do um, have not been able to ask him yet, unfortunately, because there's been a lot of other different storylines that have happened in the past couple of weeks, as you guys know. Um, so I haven't been able to go over to Zetterlin and ask him. And, you know, a lot of times during these like big scrums, you'll see on like YouTube and stuff like that. I'm going and talking to like these other players to get, you know, my own quotes kind of thing. Um, and, you know, it's. But but I guarantee you, I will I will say this right now. I promise you, next time I am in the locker room and I'm with Fabian Zetterlin, I will ask him and we'll get you a definitive answer because he he deserves it. He asks me all the time, and I and I and I appreciate it. I respect it, um, and especially now with him, you know, doing well. Like I think you know, he, you you guys do deserve an answer on that. I mean, I don't know if we deserve an answer on that, and I well, don't really think of its information that we really need to know. But for some <laughs> reason, our fans are psychotic. So no, onto to on something, <laughs> onto something we do deserve an answer to. Rita, okay. the last yes, yep. the last time we spoke, you said you were going to get us an answer. We gave you a month and a half. I think this Rita's this Rita situation, right? 
I think it's a little bit like like there's some weird I don't know like like uh, business dealings and stuff like that uh, with with Rita's and uh, I don't know like the the rights to it I don't know what's happening there Mafia. but again <laughs> I think that there's that's that's actually like something that would end up being whereas you know me asking Ederlin what his bench press says would take two seconds me asking about Rita's I feel like would be a huge rabbit hole where it would go to um, Jake Reynolds <laughs> then. Uh, uh, <laughs> Um, I feel like it might even go up to H, uh, to Harris Blitzer, man. I I don't know. I will you're find that. You have to out. get on the books over there. Yeah, you're gonna have to get on the books for an appointment over there, then. Um, I, I, the fans, the fans want to know. Uh, no, I understand that, and I, I they're I desperate. Understand. They're it's, desperate. Um, it sucks too because whenever I get that tweet or whenever I get that request, it's like I think last time we recorded, some big news happened right after that or right around that. Um, that was annoying. And I get asked a lot like about that. And they're like, that he would provide a reader's update. He hasn't yet. And I'm like, oh shit. Then they, you know, <laughs> then uh, training camp starts. Then um, Nico Heischer gets injured, right? Then other stuff like that will happen. And it's. I, it I say the next time the Devils play a really bad game in the press conference with Lindy Ruff, <laughs> you ask him. <laughs> Just just start with that. <laughs> Listen, yeah. Ryan, also understand that you're being asked about Rita's from people who probably aren't going to any games and Not aren't true. going Garrett, to... Garrett has gone to every game so far, and he asks every day. <laughs> I was going to say, I would imagine knowing this fan base is probably coming from people who aren't going to buy it anyway. Um, well, I'm meeting Garrett this week. I'm meeting Garrett this week, so I will I will, I will, will uh, reaffirm him that, that we will, uh, that I will get back to that. I will, I and, and we have to meet up too. I'll probably be on the game, be at the game either on the twelfth or the twenty sixth. But I'll let you. Gotta know. be there on the twelfth. Oh, yeah, um, that's uh that's the big uh, meetup game. It, it, the Rock Pack game where there will have like three sections of Devil's Twitter. Oh, I don't want to be anywhere oh, near that. Um, yeah, I was gonna say that doesn't sound fun. I like everybody, <laughs> but individually, I can respect let's, that. Let's do that. Yeah, I'll be in I, Florida. I, Sorry, guys. I try to meet up with people on a one-on-one personal basis and just say hello. I'm not the group meetup kind of kind of person. Um, but and I want to wrap this up, but I don't want to let everybody go without. I know a couple topics that uh, M wanted to talk about now. Specifically, um, I, I guess most of us probably have second teams that we pay attention to every now and then. Mine's the Habs, and uh, they're not much to pay attention to right now. But I, I understand you're. You have a soft spot for the Buffalo Sabres, so I was kind of interested in what your thoughts were on the Tage Thompson contract. Yeah, so this is a this is a newer one. I started paying attention to them this like you know past off season, kind of almost as a joke, just because you know they're the Sabres. But I actually kind of like them. I've watched a lot of um, Owen Power, especially since he you know obviously he played with Luke Hughes at Michigan last year. He's been doing really well. I was um, but the Tage Thompson contract. I honestly did not realize how bad the Jeff Skinner contract was until I looked into it today, specifically to compare it to the Thompson contract. And I was just kind of a little bit flabbergasted. I mean, I... It's not it's not as bad, but making nine million dollars a year to do what literally so far below average, it's absolutely insane. If I like hold on, let me look at his stats so that I'm not Yeah, these uh three, three and six in eight games. So three goals, three assists, and, eight games. And for the record, so far tonight, Tage Thompson has two goals and two assists. <laughs> okay. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Well, that settles that then. 
Um, They're beating Detroit 4-2 right now in the third well, period. The, the other thing I know you wanted to talk about that I think we can all probably agree on uh, is that these digital ads on the boards, they suck. Oh, my God. When they glitch, you can't even I, tell. I'm, I stream a lot of the games, and it's just... I like to, you know, pay attention to detail, and I totally can't find where the puck is when it goes close to the boards. Why? Because there's a car going straight across the glass, <laughs> for the puck. Like, what the fuck is that? The car one was absurd. There, there was a couple. Like, I, I hate when it's just like still too. Like, I was, I was, I obviously like when on my off nights, I'll, I'll watch a bunch of these, uh, you know, just around the league kind of games. Um, but there was one that today I was going back, like, cause I, no one really saw the, the Palat injury happen. And I, I certainly didn't either. Um, cause he, he played that last shift. Like whenever, whenever the, the buzzer sounded in that Capitals game, Palat was on the ice. So I was like seeing like, any like slower movement there. I don't know. And I didn't really notice any, but what I think what distracted me was that even when it says like, I don't know, like Geico or whatever is on the boards, it'll just move ever so slightly and it's just a nightmare to me oh i i've had adhd since i was younger um i've been diagnosed yeah it doesn't help eight um but you know that that to me oh man like even just the subtle movements is just so annoying i'm very glad that when i'm watching from the press box it is uh you know not something that's 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 prevalent in real life no yeah well not not to not to get you in trouble ryan but do you have any idea what the injury is with palat I mean, you don't need to go in specifics, but you know, lower body is not very specific. Is no, it? it's it's not. But and like a bone, like a like a like an like a did he get hit with a shot, or is it like kind of like a muscle sort of thing? I watched the no. I watched the Capitals Devils game today. I rewatched it because I was that, that's literally what I was investigating. Like all day, I was like you know digging into Palat's injury because we have not gotten any you know clear answer from from Lindy, um, and so I was like okay, I, you know, do this myself. So I reached out to reached out to the team, reached out, you know, for an update there, reached out to Palat's agent to not hear back. Um, but, um, you know, it was, I tried to look and I, I didn't notice any shots go his way. Um, you know, I, I really have, it, it is jarring to me. Cause like I said, he was there like, skating pretty normally too on that last shift there. Like when the buzzer sounded, he was there. Um, he got a lot of ice time that night too. I don't know. I do know that he doesn't have a, big injury history at all um i think in the last four seasons he's only missed really a handful of games um so yeah it's it this one is very mysterious to me i don't even like the vibe does not feel good though right you know because no yeah it's concerning yeah it doesn't sound seems good very at all. devil's hockey like, for a player that's never had an injury oh, to yeah. come here and then have a mysterious injury after what five games that uh well, I'm I'm kind of surprised that more hasn't come out because one of the weird side effects that uh, professional sports integration with uh, sports betting has is that um, there's now more of a desire to get to know exactly what's wrong with a player. Like in football, you're going to know the up to the up to the minute what's wrong with a player if he's playing, if he's not. Um, the NHL has always been able to shield itself from that. Um, and I, I don't know why. I'm sure the Players Association has their own reasons. The league has their own reasons. But the the vagueness in NHL injuries has always been uh, crazy to me. I mean, I know if we were located in Canada, we would probably know by now what's wrong with them. But um, now, Here, Ryan, here's you might what bothers know- me, though. Here's what bothers me is that, you know, whenever you start out with, with Nico's being cramps, right, and then it ends up being the, the hamstring strain. Like that, that is just annoying, right? Because it's like, it, it, it's like, okay, yeah, it's cramps. But then you're like, oh no, it really isn't. 
cramps, is it? Because he's getting tested, you know, and the, all these tests. And like, it, like to me right now, the Palat injury has been so much more vague than Nico. Because at least with Nico, they like updated, you know, throughout. And I know the Palat injury. Like now we're talking, you know, it happened happened like a week ago, right? So yep. we're we're talking about uh, with with Nico, we had an update three days, two days after. Okay, we had a definitive update that yes, it was a hamstring strain been a week now and we you know we really don't know what the heck's happening here i mean i remember we were in detroit and like that that's when it was announced like that it was you know he wasn't gonna play tonight and whatever um then after that like it just you know he, he, where is he i haven't seen him well speaking of nico i don't know if you're if you were made aware of this because this is i think the season before you um you took this job Nico had a similar situation where going into the season, we were told he should be ready for the opener. Um, He's day to day or whatever. And they knew what was wrong with him. And they took the active stance to not tell us until it came out in a Swiss interview in a Swiss newspaper. What was wrong with him and that he was going to be out for a while. And the devils did not say a damn thing until that got leaked. Oh boy! <laughs> well, I did not I know, know that, that piece either. of work. That's interesting, though. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that's why we have a little bit of PTSD with this team and not announcing injuries. Yeah, lower body could mean he's got a little bit of an ankle sprain, or like he got hit by a forklift on the way home, or something, and he doesn't have two <laughs> legs anymore. Like knowing how the devils operate, it could be either one of those. So here's the thing, though. Like when whenever I see um, things about you know the injury updates and everything like that, like. I, I just hope everybody knows that whenever this stuff happens, I am I am always like I, I spent today was my Andre Palat day. It was Andre Palat Monday. Like, the entire day was trying to dig into this, and and you know tomorrow we'll continue the same thing. Like I will oh I will try to get to the bottom of this. You know we'll see what, what we can find out. I'm you know obviously been on the beat for for a little bit now, a couple months now, but it's still just a couple months. Um, but you know we'll, we'll try to see what we can find out. Well, you have no idea how much we appreciate that because the last couple of years you would have been surrounded in that locker room by people that work for the Devils and that's it. And probably part of the reason why we don't get this information is because no one asks Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, the team's able to control the narrative by who they're allowing in the dressing room. And I always compare this to, um, you know, Canadian teams. I mean, Canadian teams don't have that kind of control because the rights holders send all their... Um, they're journalists in the locker room and they can't keep them out. I mean, they're, they're essentially paying to be there. It's a little different when you've got someone from NJ.com or North Jersey or, um, you know, or the post or something, the, so it's kind of harder to get information from the devils, Rangers, Islanders, so on. No, it is. It is. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, and the last thing with Palat, now you would know better than me because you, you were rewatching the game. I thought, I I remembered him or someone else getting hit pretty hard in the beginning of the game. Um, like, I thought I remember seeing Palat beat up a little bit, but then forgetting about it because he played the rest of the game. I don't remember. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I, I that that did happen. Yes. And and what was jarring about that? And I think, you know, this is just like hockey player stuff kind of thing. But think about it. Like he had I think he had some upwards to like. Oh, it was pretty good up there. Nice time. I'm gonna, you know, talk as I as I try to figure this out, like exactly what it was, because I don't want to like misquote it. But he had a lot of ice time that game, like a lot of ice time. It might have been in the 20 minutes. Uh, Andre Pilot. 
Uh, someone else could talk while I while I look this up. No, but yeah, you're you're going to confirm that when when you look it up, and and you're right because he was on the ice for the majority of of that game. I don't think he missed any time. Um, I don't even think there was ever a spot on the bench without a player. That's why I'm just like I feel like a lot of us are just so. A lot played twenty minutes against Washington. Yeah. Twenty minutes, yeah. It's kind of like yep. he like walked off the ice at the end of the game and stubbed his toe really bad or something like that because n- no <laughs> nobody saw anything happen to him. Well, I mean, that's the kind of thing that can happen. If you take a shot in the ankle or, um, you know, a shoulder thing, it's, you could play the rest of the game and just say, oh, it's it's just sore or something. And it's the kind of thing where you, you might wake up the next morning and your ankle's five times the size. Um, you know, that, that happens. That happens all the time. But it's just the transparency. Like, what I don't, yeah, but that's what I, that's what I was going to say. What I don't get is what harm is it saying, like, you know, oh, he woke up, he took a shot the other day, he's, you know, ankle swollen, we're going to get it tested, and he's day-to-day. Like, well, what harm is that? Yeah, and there's a reason they don't do it. And we talked about this. I don't know whether it was on our last episode. I think it was. But there was an instance in the interview with Ruff after, I think it was after the practice, after, oh, no, it was the Detroit game, I think. Someone asked, and, and Ryan, you were probably there for this, someone asked, rough about Palat, and his answer was we will have an update tomorrow but he's out (laughs) i asked that (laughs) yeah and when as soon as ruff said he's out that said to me okay this is a problem so yeah i don't know how you took there was some confusion there too like he he had said at first that we would have an update the on on tuesday then i was told afterwards that it would actually be thursday that we would get an update um and i tweeted that out um but yeah, it's um, it, it, there's something odd about this one because at least with Nico, like I said, Nico, it was a that was a pretty dramatic time, especially like <laughs> you know the preseason was just beginning and stuff like that. But um, this one is you know, games matter now, so you know it's going back to like you guys said before, like just push them to go try to make a move. Uh, you know we'll we'll, we'll see we'll have to see uh, what happens, but um, certainly you know I'm, that's that's the that's the this Palat injury. I think is the next sort of crossroads in this season that, you know, like it's very early. Yeah. But like, you know, there's feels like they've, they've played <laughs> freaking 20 games, doesn't it? Uh, but you know, it's, we'll have to see what happens and, and I'll certainly try to find out for you guys. Well, maybe Palat's going to bring over to us, but he from Tampa, maybe he'll like stay out and just magically get better right before the playoffs start <laughs> and then come back and, <laughs> All of a sudden, we'll have you know Meyer and Palat, you know, just somehow managed, you know, just happen to get better right as the playoffs are starting. You know, that'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna get a little bit goofy here to finish off. I have a couple of questions we like to ask everybody. Um, I changed them up a little bit the last couple of weeks. Things were kind of getting stale, so I'll let anyone answer this question. If you could travel to any time period, either backwards or forward, where would you go? Nineties. I was born. Uh, yeah, I was born in 93, so um, I am actually a true 90s baby, unlike people that are born in, like, 1999 and uh, try, to, try to act like they are actual 90s babies when they didn't experience anything. But from what I can remember, it was a really, really good time. And, you know, then there was the Internet, like, coming around. I don't know. I just have very fond memories of the 90s and being little. I don't know about you guys. Probably three thousand. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I thought about that, but I'm not too confident that any of this is going to Yeah, I, that's that my point. thing. That That's what prevents me from going into the future is I have, <laughs> I'm not very, I'm optimistic about the devils. I'm not optimistic about the earth, like going forward. Maybe, well, by 3000, if the earth still exists, maybe the devils will win another Stanley Cup. <laughs> so we got that going for us. What happens first? The devils win a cup or the Leafs win a playoff round? Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> I honestly think, and, you know, I am a Leafs fan, but the devils are probably just like statistically at this point gonna, gonna win a cup before they, they win the playoffs, especially the way their season's going. Well, I'll I'll report back from you guys uh, in in the year three thousand when the Leafs do uh, first. <laughs> I don't know if you even caught that. Um, caught that, Ryan. I said people that are born in uh, ni- uh nineteen ninety nine. I thought maybe you would. Be I heard. By it. I did not want to say anything. <laughs> Man, you were you were born in the year of Limp Biscuits album, uh, significant other. It's, uh, it's quite. Quite the accomplishment. Why, I don't know why you know <laughs> well, when that, that when the, that album that came is out. The most but okay. confusing part of this. Is, uh... <laughs> you could have easily just said, you know, you you were born after one Devil Stanley Cup, <laughs> but you went with Limp Bizkit album. Dude, I well, because when M said the '90s, I just thought immediately music and movies, and nothing beats anything that came out in the 90s the music was better the movies were better and i mean shit in 99 i was only 12 but i was listening to like limp biscuit and stained and rage against the machine and um you know all those bands and there's just nothing well stained can we're gonna forget about them aaron lewis um i just i wish i didn't know the things about aaron lewis i knew i know now because i can't in good conscience listen to stand anymore but anyway um unfortunately (laughs) because i'm an old fart my answer is going to be a lot different than yours um if you could hang out with any cartoon character who would you choose and why that's a yeah, great, I great choice. I don't even know how that is so. you know who tommy pitt oh my god nope oh my god. holy crap <laughs> bro when i think of cartoons i think of like Darkwing <laughs> duck g.i joe like that's when i was sure a kid he okay he has to go and google tommy pickles and be ashamed nope. of the fact that he doesn't know no one ex- nope you don't know Not rugrats dude come on don't nope, explain it he uh he doesn't deserve to know one of the best shows of uh never castle allegra's window nope never watched nickelodeon oh, sorry man. all right ryan who's your uh, cartoon friend i probably hang out with you know the the hey arnold crew like i like you know i like arnold i like harold i like uh you know uh, stinky remember stinky oh, yeah. uh, remember remember helga uh don't forget about I, the grandfather Oh yeah, the grandfather too, who's who had that you know the the strange looking head. Um, yeah, no, I I probably oh, I guess Arnold too, but um, yeah, I'd probably hang out with the Hey Arnold crew. They seem like a like a good good group of characters. All right, my my, my answer was Sterling Archer. I forget it was yeah. yes, yeah. it was, and mine was Darkwing Duck followed yeah. by He Man. But anyway, uh, all right, my favorite question: Would you rather fight a hundred duck sized horses or one horse sized duck? I think this is an obvious answer, but I'll let uh, I'll let Ryan go first because. I think last time I said the 100 horse-sized ducks, um, or God, sorry, uh, duck-sized horses. Um, Terrifying. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna go this time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I, I can take the duck. Ducks are scary though. Like ducks are very scary. But but I can. Um, I can beat the horse-sized. Duck. I'm telling you, duck-sized horses are so easy to beat. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, I was kind of nervous about the uh, the horse sized uh, duck because I feel like if if you're a video game guy, Ryan, you're gonna have to do like Geralt of from The Witcher and and like go on <laughs> ten side quests to get enough potions to fight the goddamn thing. Um, so let's let the record show that M just left. Yeah, she, she just, was she, gone. She was so she was so disappointed <laughs> with me not knowing who Tommy Pickles was. She just bounced. <laughs> yeah. Oh my! Well, you know what? I guess there's a gap in in the cartoons that you watched, and now the shows that that your daughter's watching. I don't even think she's into cartoons, right? No, she watches ghost stories and stuff on on YouTube. Oh my we just God. watched Twenty Eight Days Haunted on Netflix together. So it's these days. No kidding. Um, yeah, and uh, I don't know. We got anything else going on here? No, I think that's. I think that wraps it up. I guess. Yeah, I think uh, that all right. This well, was if 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 there was three more losses, or no, I wouldn't say three. I'd say you know even like two more losses in this Devil season. I think this would have been a a lot more contentious, a lot more um, <laughs> I guess argumentative, maybe um, frustrated podcast that we would have done. But I think right now, you know, things things right now seem pretty positive around the fan base. Um, they, they seem, uh, at least from my view, it look, looks a little bit positive on Twitter. Um, there's still obviously some, you know, some, some people left there. fighting with each other all day today. Oh, yeah, always fighting. Great. But um, no, I think oh it's, been, my God. It's, it's been an interesting opening to this devil season. Um, and I can't tell you how, how much of a blast it's been. Yeah. And, and uh, looking forward to the very near future, they have to win in Vancouver. I mean, it's not the end of the world if they don't, but the Canucks are are, are such a dumpster fire right now mm-hmm. that they have to take advantage of that. And after what they just did to Columbus, I kind of feel like they will. Um, I'm a little nervous about the Calgary-Edmonton games coming up. Um, you know, Colorado, they did great against them, but they're about to go up against two teams that are expected to make it pretty far in the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes and what goalies are used. And um, not 100% sure we're going to have an episode next week. I'm actually leaving uh, Wednesday morning to go to the Virgin Islands for a week. And the day that I come back, Ricky goes to Florida. So we'll see what happens. You get you guys both I think- get, get some breaks from Devils Hockey uh, right around the time that they go on a road trip and, you know, potentially lose some uh, my My dumbass will be... Uh, watching the games on on the laptop at 10 30 at night and and virgin islands uh, on a vpn because for some reason yeah my father will be making me try to figure out how to get the game on his tv because he can't understand technology whatsoever oh i'll get those calls too my father's gonna call me probably like wednesday night at eight o'clock be like can't the yankees game on tv i'll be like well that's because the yankees are not playing he called me yesterday he's like i want to watch the giants game today i'm like oh jesus christ I'm like, oh, I don't know how to played. tell you how to get. Yeah, but I'm like, how do I explain this guy how to get to like a, a stream and pull it up on the iPad oh. and airplay it to the TV? I'm just like, well, quick, quick story about that. I was at the uh, concert a couple of weeks ago and it was Derek Jeter night. Um, and for some reason, I do agree. This is really stupid. Uh, it was an Apple TV exclusive. And um and my father was freaking out because he couldn't find the game. And I had to try to explain to him like how regional sports broadcast rights work and that oh, Apple no. TV had the game. And he called Comcast anyway. It was on the phone with them for an hour, yelling at them how much money he pays and how he needs to be able to watch the Yankees. And, and I'm like, as much as Comcast sucks, it's not their fault. Um, but 
anyway, I'm snuck back in here. We're just wrapping up. You got anything else you want to say before we go? No, I um, I don't. I'm not sure if you guys can hear me. Can you hear me? Okay, yeah, my yeah, laptop yeah. died, um, or maybe restarted because it was fully charged without my permission, and my phone was dead. So, um, I had no way of coming back in. So. I have nothing else to add. I just wanted to make sure I hopped back in before everybody signed off. So it wasn't just kind of like I I deaded the podcast and just left. I thought no, I were. thought my my not knowing Tommy Pickles was setting you over the edge and made oh, you. Oh yeah, actually it was it was that. It was the last straw. <laughs> oh, we talked we talked so much shit on her when she left. It was great. Oh um, man. Honestly, said your name, I, I the town you it. live in. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. We gave everybody your P.O. box number. Um so, but listen, it was great to have both you, Ryan, the second time and the first time. You guys are welcome back anytime. And, uh, you know, we'll just uh, keep on rolling here and hopefully we can stay happy and, and the devils keep us happy. And, and Ryan, thank you again for asking the tough questions that, that we've been begging for for years. And, you know, we will not rest until we get Rita's back in the arena <laughs> and I can have that half Italianized, half custard um, while I'm watching the devils win. Oh, there you go, so guys. Yeah, right and I, and I, I will definitely try to you know find some answers about that. I do want to a quick aside right here. Tate's Thompson has yeah, yeah. five points tonight. Five Holy points. Holy shit! I just oh, had another assist. Oh wow! Six to three. Well, so that contract. <laughs> yeah, huh? I mean, it kind of like <laughs> up until today, my opinion mattered. Um, tonight, kind of a, you know, whatever. He knew. He knew you were coming on. He wanted to prove yeah. you wrong. Um. All right. Thank you again, everybody. Let's wrap this up. Uh, have a wonderful week. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll see you next time. Andrew, have a nice vacation. We'll have miss you. Night. No, you won't. Bye, guys.